This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. You can find it online at mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and on my blog, The Whole Dish at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. I revisited some ideas for quick and easy grab-and-go back-to-school breakfasts in this week's column in the Meal Tribune food section, also called The Whole Dish, and that's available at mealtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash food. In that column, I advocate for doing better than breakfast cereal. It's something that I know is overpackaged. It's overprocessed and it's overpriced. I really don't like buying it, but it's proven a hard habit to break because I've been a breakfast cereal consumer pretty much my whole life, starting with my first memories of eating breakfast cereal while my mom made us some hot breakfast, certainly while we were younger. Once things got busier in the morning, we were trying to get to sports practice. I that bowl of breakfast cereal was a day in, day out way to to start the day. And it's one that carried over into adulthood for me when I worked at the Mail Tribune full time before I had my own kids. I would shovel down a bowl of breakfast cereal every morning, whether I was really hungry or not, just so I would walk out the door with something in my stomach and I wouldn't be starving by the time I got to work, which is not a great state for a food writer to be in. So despite the fact that there's a lot of negatives to breakfast cereal, including the vast quantities of sugar that a lot of them have, they remain a staple convenience item. And arguably, some are much better than others. But it can be hard to decipher which ones those are. There can be a lot of quote-unquote healthy breakfast cereals people spy on the shelves. They recognize the name maybe Cracklin' Oat Brown is a great example, and it's packed full of fiber and endorsed by American Heart Association. And the first few ingredients, of course, are oats, oat bran, and then lower down on the list, you'll see sugar. But if you actually compare the quantities with something that I consider more sugary, sweeter, like Honey Nut Cheerios, Cracklin' Oat Bran actually has more. And that's maybe one reason why my older son, who is the big breakfast cereal eater, started eating that and went, wow, this is good. I'm just going to keep eating it. Well, I mean, he is getting a lot of fiber, arguably, but also a lot of sugar. And I decided that I could do better, I should do better, and that we would do our best to make it happen at the start of the school year. This was an effort that I carried over from last school year when I did a day of big batch baking, as I called it, and I loaded up the freezer with homemade zucchini bread, some frittata baked in muffin tins, and also a breakfast bar. And then I had ready for the pantry a couple of batches of granola. These efforts were chronicled in a podcast that I posted to my blog September 6th. And that's under the headline, Make Freeze Frittata Muffins for Speedy Breakfasts. You can go back and find that in my blog archives, which is blogs.esouthernoregon.com 
forward slash rogue hyphen valley hyphen food. And the easiest way to search the archives, if you have a specific date, is select from the drop down menu under archives on the right hand side of the page and select September 2008 page down because they're posted in reverse order to find the entry from September 6th. And the main blog post is about a peach muffin. And then I chronicled my efforts, of course, to make more than just muffins, to make a variety of items that could simply be thawed out the night before in the refrigerator or thawed out really easily in about a minute or less in the microwave, and which actually improved a lot of these things. The effort on my part was not so appreciated by my five-year-old son, certainly, he was pretty ambivalent to a lot of the things I ate. And the thing that I thought would go over best, the breakfast bar, which I just love things like that that have dried fruit, nuts, and oats. He was really, really not interested in. So I ate the vast majority of those in single servings with my coffee, jumping in the car in the morning to take my two boys to school. And I, of course, recognized they weren't the absolute healthiest option out there. They did still have a lot of sugar, a quantity of sugar that kind of surprised me for something that I thought was going to be a healthier choice. More than a cup of brown sugar in this recipe, plus a third cup of molasses. And of course, once you add dried fruit, that's a higher quantity of sugar than adding fresh fruit because the sugar is concentrated. So I wasn't convinced that we were reducing our, our sugar load and decided that I needed to find a better breakfast bar recipe. So when I was browsing through the archives of my blog for ways to use up peaches, when we had a lot of locally grown peaches on hand that were in danger of getting overripe before we could eat all of them, I found a recipe that I thought would be a great substitution for the breakfast bar, and that is an oatmeal, blackberry, and peach snack bar. I posted to my blog way back in September 2011, September 15th, 2011, under the headline, Ripe Local Peaches, Hardly a Hard Sell. The original recipe used raspberries, but of course, raspberries and blackberries, which we had picked along the bike path very close to our house. They translate pretty effortlessly. So I put the adapted recipe for oatmeal, blackberry, and peach snack bars in this week's column in the Mail Tribune food section. And I thought I would share that recipe in this podcast as well as a recipe that I sort of developed, I guess, for zucchini bread this week, trying to use up the enormous quantities of zucchini I have on hand from the one plant in my garden that just keeps producing. But first, the recipe for the oatmeal, blackberry, and peach snack bars. What I love about this recipe is that it's partially sweetened with fruit juice. It isn't super sweet. It's got that little bit of a tang to it still from orange juice and peaches and, of course, blackberries themselves, depending on how ripe they are. It calls for a third cup orange juice two tablespoons cornstarch, two tablespoons plus a half cup packed light brown sugar, and that's a divided use, one and a half cups fresh or frozen blackberries, one and a half cups diced fresh or frozen peaches, one and a half cups quick rolled oats, three quarter cup all-purpose flour, a half cup butter softened, one teaspoon baking soda, and one large egg lightly beaten. 
And of course, this is a great use for fruit that's been stashed away in the freezer as well. That's one thing I like to do if I have a lot of locally grown fruit on hand in season and it is in danger of getting a little bit overripe before we can eat it all. I just cut it up, put it in freezer bags, toss it in the freezer until I want to make something like this at my leisure. In a medium saucepan, whisk together the third cup orange juice, the two tablespoons cornstarch, and two tablespoons of the brown sugar. Add the blackberries and peaches, and that was one and a half cups each. One and a half cups blackberries, one and a half cups peaches. Stir over medium high until the mixture is simmering and thickened for about five minutes. Remove from the heat and set aside to cool. Preheat the oven to 350 degrees and coat this recipe called for a 7 by 11 inch, which isn't a common size for baking it dish or a 9 by 9 inch baking dish. I think I have 8 by 8 pans, which is the standard size for Pyrex square baking dishes as far as I'm aware. So I baked this in an 8 by 8 dish. Coat that with cooking spray. In a large mixing bowl, combine the oats, which is one and a half cups quick rolled oats, the three quarter cup all purpose flour, the half cup brown sugar, and the half cup softened butter, plus the teaspoon of baking soda. Mix together with a fork until the dough is crumbly but beginning to hold together. Set aside one cup of that mixture. You're gonna use that as the topping. Then into the remaining dough that's still in the bowl, mix the beaten egg. Transfer the dough with the egg to the prepared baking dish and press it evenly over the bottom. Then spread the fruit filling that has the orange juice thickened with cornstarch on top of that crust then sprinkle the reserved crumb mixture over it. Bake it in the preheated oven. Again, that was 350 degrees for 30 to 35 minutes or until it's lightly browned and bubbling. And then transfer the dish to a wire rack to cool completely for about an hour. It won't cut completely cleanly if it hasn't been chilled in the refrigerator, I found. So do that first, perhaps, and you can cut it easily into 16 bars and portion those for before school breakfast, after school snacks. You can store them in the freezer in gallon-sized Ziploc bags for easily a month without them diminishing in quality. And that's oatmeal, blackberry, and peach snack bars. I also froze my zucchini bread pre-sliced because I find that that's most convenient, although, of course, quick breads freeze very well whole. And I'm calling this zucchini bread recipe, it's adapted from the Betty Crocker Big Red Cookbook, better than Betty Crocker zucchini bread. It starts with two cups shredded zucchini, three quarter cup sugar, two tablespoons coconut oil, and a quarter cup flaxseed meal, two eggs, a half a teaspoon orange or lemon extract, or one teaspoon of freshly grated zest from an orange or a lemon, one and a half cups flour, one teaspoon baking soda, a half teaspoon salt, a half teaspoon cinnamon, a quarter teaspoon cloves, a quarter teaspoon baking powder, and a quarter cup each chopped nuts. I prefer walnuts, but almonds or pecans also are nice. And, and a quarter cup golden raisins. Move the oven rack to a low position so that the top of your loaf pan will be in the center of the oven and heat the oven to 350 degrees. Grease only the bottom of a loaf pan. I use butter. Classic Betty Crocker Big Red book from the early 90s calls for shortening. That was the first adaptation. Nonstick spray also could be substituted. Mix the two cup shredded zucchini 
the three quarter cup granulated sugar, the two tablespoons coconut oil. You could also use another neutral flavored oil. I use avocado oil and grapeseed oil with good success in baking and the extracts, a half teaspoon orange and or lemon, and you could just do a little drizzle of both and the two large eggs in a large bowl. And then I like to combine the dry ingredients in a separate bowl just so I make sure that they're well mixed before adding them to the wet ingredients. So in a separate smaller mixing bowl, that's one and a half cups flour, one teaspoon baking soda, a half a teaspoon salt, a half a teaspoon cinnamon, a quarter teaspoon ground cloves, a quarter teaspoon baking powder, and also about a quarter cup flaxseed meal. The purpose of the flaxseed meal is not just for extra fiber. I've written blogs about this before, about how I substitute almost with total success. It's imperceptible, except you get the flavor of the flaxseed meal, which is a nice nutty flavor, and the fiber into recipes for quick breads and muffins that were developed to use oil, which I find there were a lot of in the anti-butter era of the early 90s, like the Betty Crocker Big Red Cookbook. So many of these recipes call for vegetable oil, and I am not a fan of adding up to a half a cup of just straight oil to my baked goods. I would much prefer to use the flaxseed meal, get the fiber, and just cut back on some of that oil and use some better options as well. The coconut oil works really well with this. I'm not a fan of using coconut oil on everything, but it really complements the other flavors in this bread really well. So stir the dry ingredients together in a smaller bowl and then stir that into the bowl with the zucchini sugar extracts and eggs. Then stir in the nuts and the raisins. I love golden raisins in this recipe. They kind of melt into the zucchini and sort of match its texture. I don't find that regular purple raisins do that quite as readily and they have a little bit stronger flavor and they're sweeter. So choose the golden raisins if those are available to you. Once that's all stirred together, pour the batter into the pan and spread the top to smooth it. Bake in the 350 degree preheated oven for about an hour. I found that this recipe called for too long of a baking time, an hour and 10 minutes to an hour and 20 minutes, depending on the size of the loaf pan. I think that's just overkill. I noticed after mine had baked for just about an hour that a knife came out with still just a few loose crumbs clinging to it. So it would definitely err on the side of underbaking, of course, which I think is preferable in a quick bread that you want really moist like this as opposed to it being dry. Pull it out of the oven when a knife or toothpick comes out with just a few damp crumbs and cool for 10 minutes in the pan on a wire rack. Then loosen the side of the loaf from the pan or run a knife around the edge. Then remove it from the pan, placing the top side up on the wire rack. Again, cool completely for about two hours before slicing. This is also one that benefits from cooling thoroughly before trying to slice. But then it can be wrapped tightly. The slices can be individually wrapped in plastic wrap and transferred to gallon size Ziploc freezer bags for, again, another great grab and go breakfast after school snack that my son this time a year later 
absolutely loved after turning up his nose last year at zucchini bread. He was begging me to make more of this. So it's definitely a kid tested and approved recipe at this point. So give that one a try and also find the recipe for oatmeal, blackberry, and peach snack bars in this week's column in the Meal Tribune food section at mealtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash food. Thank you for listening to and reading The Whole Dish.